Hello, everybody. We are talking about AI art and how to protect yourself as an artist. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need here art prof critiques, tutorials, professional development, and workshops. Well, I'm very excited today to have lawyer Greg Kanan, the legal artist, who is here to talk to us about AI. And I love Greg, I'm your biggest fan because you've done legal work for me, but also you went to art school, which most lawyers did not do. That's right, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be here, so uh, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this topic and I think um, I, I will try not to scare the crap out of everyone. <laughs> and you should all go check out Greg's website, follow him on Instagram. He has a treasure trove of content that is so incredibly helpful for artists. So Greg, I talked to one of my friends in mm -hmm. New York City, who's also yeah. a copyright lawyer. Yeah. And he said to me when I asked him, listen, are, are the artists just freaking out over nothing? Is this just people fear mongering? And he said <laughs> in the most blunt way to me, Clara, you should all be very afraid. But on the other hand, I sort of like that he was blunt about it yeah. because I know my initial reaction to AI was, it'll be fine. It's a tool. And now I've changed my mind about that. So yeah. where do you stand as far as <gasps> freaking out or being like, we'll be fine? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, have a, I have a saying that I sort of poached from the Crooked Media guys, which is like, uh, worry about everything, panic about nothing. Um, I, I, you know, I think that I, I generally have a, a fairly measured response to it, which is that I think the it's going to be a problem. Um, it's going to be a problem for some people. It's going to be less of a problem for others. And it's really hard to predict or, or, or sort of understand where things are going to shake out over the next, you know, 16 months to six, you know, 16 years. And the, the technology itself is developing at such a fast rate that it's really hard to know what the end game of all this is going to be. So I, I think there is legitimate cause for concern. Uh, especially amongst, you know, visual artists and writers. Um, but, I, you know, I also think that some of the panic, well, panic all, never helps anyone ever. So it's, it's it, you know, uh, so please don't panic, um, just like as a general rule. But like, I, I think some of it is a little overstated. And um, I also don't, you know, Prediction is not in my, is not a game that I like to play. I'm not a predictor of anything, but I will also say that his, if history has taught us anything, it's that um, the worst case scenario rarely happens. It happens sometimes, but it rarely happens. Um, and so what this is going to look like going forward is going to be very hard to predict. And so everyone should keep an eye on it for sure. Um, but, you know, keep trying to do your art and make your living. Tell us in the chat. What is your concern with AI? Are you having a meltdown? Do you not care? <clears throat> yeah. Because I think, Greg, even though this is all legal stuff, there's something sort of emotional and moral yeah. about AI that people are very upset about. And I know the writer's strike recently yeah. in their contract, they do have something in there about AI. So what do you think about that 
moral part of this mess. Yeah, I you know I like the moral discussion, and it's it's more relevant than maybe the legal the legal discussion because there's so little law. And maybe it, this is a sort of a good point for like some table setting, which is that there's no wise old man, there's no experts. Anyone who claims to be an expert on on AI or its legal implications doesn't know what they're talking about because we're all it's so new. I mean, if we, we couldn't have we couldn't have had this conversation a year ago. There just wouldn't yeah. have been a conversation for us to have. That's how quickly the technology has come into our lives and how quickly it's developing. Um, and it's also worth pointing out that the the, cop, cop, the Copyright Act, which was enacted in 1976 and has not been meaningfully updated in decades. And that means that the law itself is 50 years behind the technology that's, you know, that's, you know, that technology that's, that's creating all this hubbub. And so, um, and, you know, Congress, by the way, is an incredibly dysfunctional institution, even if we're not talking, you know, factoring in like current, the current political climate. So there's no real incentive for Congress to like, you know, do something, I, that, which isn't to say that they won't, that they'll never pass a law or regulation. And I do think AI is going to be going to be at some point heavily regulated. But I do think the moral, the moral conversation is, is one worth having. Um, there was a, uh, yeah, I mentioned this to you before we started, but there was a, a ruling in the federal district court is the first real, uh, legal ruling on the AI question. And the judge, uh, judge Beryl Howell in the DC circuit ruled that, uh, copyright law protects art that's created by humans. It does not create, it does not protect machine created art. And if you read the ruling, um, she relies heavily on the constitution because copyright is uh, a fundamental right provided for in the u.s constitution um but if you read between the lines she's making what is essentially like a moral argument which is that we have to protect the work of human beings and the work of uh, artificial intelligence or machines or large language models or algorithms or whatever we want to call it doesn't have inherent rights the way humans have inherent um, and so, um, what was, what was your original question? Sorry, I'm just, I'm we're a little far talking ahead. about the moral aspect yeah. of AI because here's the thing there certainly are people who are up in arms and yeah. very angry for good reason, but for every person that's upset, we've got the San Francisco Ballet who. Yeah fairly quickly threw up this campaign for their Nutcracker series with AI art. And we also have Taju here says, I've already lost illustration jobs to AI. It's really good at erasing entry level jobs. And so it almost feels like the people who want to abuse it in a negative way are going to take over the people who are saying no. We need to stand by artists. That, that's what worries me. That's going to get drowned out. Yeah, I, you. you I appreciate it. you reminded me of the point I was heading towards, which was that <laughs> the moral issue is that you are putting real artists out of work, um, or there's the potential to put real artists out of work. Someone actually mentioned, I think, that they they have actually lost jobs to AI, and I don't doubt that that's happening. Um, and you know, in a fair, in a, in a more just society, it wouldn't matter who generated the artwork because hiring a machine or having a machine develop uh, your visual art is, or your writing is not going to take money out of the pocket 
of of a living human being but that's not the society we live in right now and and that is in fact my major concern i don't i you know i'm 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 intrigued about where this is going i, I wouldn't say i'm angry i mean i'm angry about it in the sense that like i know i have plenty of artist friends and designer friends who could potentially lose their livelihoods because of these technologies so i'm angry on their behalf as like a person but you know as a as a legal spectator i would say i'm more intrigued about where this is going and i and i and i do suspect that when uh more cases come up or more verdict cases uh, come up and there are verdicts i think most of those verdicts will probably be in favor of humans and then when congress gets around to legislating and the federal judicial the federal agencies get around to regulating you're going to see a lot of regulations pop up that protect human beings and prevent corporations from relying on these technologies to take work at, away from human beings. Amanda says, my friend's company has him using AI generated photos rather than hire a photographer. I was shocked it happened so quickly. Well, to me, the speed of it is a little scary yeah. because they're coming up with something new. I mean, I feel like every week they're like, oh, chat GPT just learned how to do this. and I feel like I try to stay on top of the news, but one of the things my friend told me, he said, listen, one of the ways you can protect yourself as an artist is to inform yourself. Don't say, oh, AI, I'm never going to look at it. I'm never going to talk. He actually said that was a terrible idea and that we have to know what's going on. But who can keep up with this? Well, I mean, that's, you know, it's a great question. And I, I don't know that anyone can keep up with it at the pace that it's going. But I mean, you do, I think you do owe it to yourself if you're a, if you're an artist and you're making your living that way to, to trying to stay on top of where things are heading and, and, and just keeping an eye on the ball. I mean, I, it's not, it doesn't surprise me that these things are happening quickly. What has actually surprised me is how, how much pushback companies are getting when they are um, when they are trying, like there, there was a, there was an article, there was a, a story a little while ago about, uh, there was an online company, I think it might've been CNET that was printing articles using AI, using ChatGPT, I think. And there was pushback right away. And they, they immediately, then they put out a statement saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to hold back on that. So, you know, something like that happened. And I'm like, that's great. We need more of that. I think you mentioned the Writers Guild, and I think obviously the Writers Guild has the has the benefit of being a all those members are unionized, and the Writers Guild itself happens to be a very powerful union within Hollywood. Um, right. But I do think that it provides sort of like a um, like a model for moving forward on addressing these things. I think there has to be a wide scale um, effort. Uh, and not just by artists, but by everyone, because the truth of the matter is, if 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 these AI apps and technologies can take away the work of writers and artists, they can take away the work of lawyers and teachers, and and you know nobody's safe. Uh, the, the better these technologies get, and you know by the way, these technologies are routinely pretty terrible. I mean, like as yeah. good as they are, if you if you read an article written by ChatGPT, you can pretty quickly. Um, tell that it was not written by a person and the same thing for most ai art you can look at it and tell pretty obviously that it was not made by a person but um you know eventually those things will get fixed um by the by the programmers and so that's one of the reasons we have to stay vigilant because it's going to be 
harder and harder and harder as these technologies evolve to um, to tell them apart from real human generated work. Jennifer says, not a fan. I've actually had people ask me if my digital art was made by AI. Mm. And for a lot of people, they feel like that can be a really negative experience that yeah. people might accuse you of doing AI, but it really wasn't. And then I worry about those artists, the, the really popular artists whose names are constantly typed into the generators. And there's just gonna become so much AI art that looks like their art that will go online and they'll all look the same and we won't know which is which. That's the part that scares me is that if you get famous enough that your name is constantly out there. Because actually what's interesting about AI is if you type artist names into those generators, mm -hmm. you have to be sort of famous for it yeah. to actually pick up your stuff. Yeah. And so while people are talking about it affecting entry-level jobs, you have to have a certain degree of fame to actually pop up. I, I tried myself. Apparently, I'm not famous enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was, wasn't there a story just like last week where Tom uh, Tom uh, Hanks was like, Tom Hanks, oh, yeah. someone used AI to you know mock up my face and do like a ad for toothpaste or something, and like that's oh. not me. It wasn't. And so you know these things are are getting really good really fast. And um, I, for, the, for whoever wrote that comment, I do. I'm sorry that someone. <laughs> <laughs> mistook your work for AI generated work. Um, I, I, you know, that's, that can't be good to hear. I, I don't really know um, what else to say, except that it's, it's, it's a, a thorn in everybody's side right now in the copyright world. Um, and I think we have to just keep advocating as hard as we can um, in favor of people. I, I, I do think there is I think I, one of the things I'm, I'm most surprised about is how um, how one side of the argument is. It really yeah. does seem like mm -hmm. it's it's tech companies on one side and, and corporations really uh, in general. But like all the all the, the the all of the sort of the moral authority and the righteousness is every you know the, it's a much bigger group of people which, you know, can be hard. It's hard to, it's hard to sort of marshal a lot of different groups of people who might have otherwise competing interests. But um, I, I think for those who are anti-AI taking people's jobs, um, there's a lot more on our side than, than on the other side. Well, it's interesting because the most common question is how do I protect myself? Yeah. But what you bring up, which I think is very important and I think we can all contribute everywhere is to advocate yeah. for human artists. And it can be a statement you do in an Instagram post. You can tell other artists. For example, I mentor a lot of people around the world. And for me to say, hey, let's make sure we constantly push this idea for human artists and that will make everybody else more aware because unfortunately a lot of artists were not great at being a united front in terms of a community no 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 i mean you know the the, the truth of the matter is if someone were to say what can i do to protect myself legally speaking um from ai art there's there's nothing really you can do i mean at this yeah. point the you know these these programs i mean we use the word ai these are not real artificial intelligence they are algorithms that are designed to scrape the internet for content and then synthesize it into 
whatever you need to answer the prompt. And so, um, and, you know, so there are copyright implications to that, you know, and, you know, is there copyright free? And there are some instances where you see like a, a work of art that generated by AI, and then um, you could see that it's obviously just copied something from a, a prior work. And then sometimes where it's a lot harder to sort of suss out which pieces it took from and how it, how it rearranged them. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's almost closer to like collage work than it is genuine synthesis and, and, and turning that into some, uh, turning that into art. And so there are, there, are, there are like technology arguments and legal arguments against, you know, about what, what can be done. But if you are, you know, a regular person who is an artist and you make some, form of living doing that the only thing you can do is keep your work off the internet and that's I, I, that's yeah. not a viable way to be an artist i mean maybe maybe for some artists i mean there are some people who are visual artists in particular like painters or, or ceramicists who you know they do work in their studio and they take it to a local art fair and that's how they make their money and if that's you right can though. if you yeah but if you can do that if that's the way you want to operate you know all power to you but most artists nowadays need the internet to you know spread the work spread the word about their work uh to gather a following uh to get jobs and ke keeping your work offline is simply not a long-term solution to, to this so you know the, the the solution right now is advocacy absolutely and you can all do that so tell me in the chat what is something you can do how would you take action for advocacy for me it's bringing Greg on here <laughs> to do the stream with us to inform all of you on what's happening. But I think that's important for people to realize that your voice matters. If you're a teacher, talk to your students about it. Talk to them about the moral implications. I think that's very important. So yeah. we have a comment here from Mukan Dagri. I used AI to create an art cover for my musical composition called Symbiosis, was busted by my professor and his analysis of my music. He knew it was AI right out of the gate. So we've been talking a lot about jobs, but people have been asking me, what about AI and art school portfolios? What's going to keep somebody from just generating an AI portfolio? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think right now, one of the one of the things, one of the benefits, I guess you could say, is that it's it's reasonably easy to sort of tell when something was generated by an AI tool. Um, that's not going to be that's not always going to be the case. And in fact, by the end of this conversation, that may not be the case. That's how quickly <laughs> these things are are being improved and 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 um, and advanced. But um, I I'll, I'll sort of let you talk about like the the, the art school or portfolio piece of it. But I um, I, I think that. Um, the bigger question or the bigger problem I'm seeing is that the companies that want to use AI to replace artists don't care that it's yeah. not as good as um, as good as what an, a human artist can put together. And so they for them, it's good enough and it's much cheaper. And that's a problem. And again, that's an advocacy. That's an advocacy problem. You know, one of the things that, well, I was going to say one of the things artists can do, but I think, you know, 
because the art world itself is is so i mean i say the art world as if it's one homogenous thing but it's not one thing it's, it's yeah. many <laughs> different people across a variety of disciplines and everybody sort of fighting for their own little piece of the pie and it's tough you know when i say the the main thing we can do is that is advocacy that may mean you know connecting with people who are otherwise your your competition for work um because there's a there's a greater um there's a greater sort of um good to be gained that way i do think i do want to put a pause because i saw a comment on it on this that somewhere that uh sort of spoke to that last comment which is that um that artist used the ai to generate work to generate work for a, a class project and right, right. i think that ai like anything is a tool like i you know it, it can be used as a tool I, I was talking to an artist not that long ago who claimed he had written his own sort of ai algorithm and only fed it his own work so it, it wasn't online so it was something he developed on his own he didn't put it online and then just trained it on his own work and what it started to spit out were iterations and variations of things he had already made but it, it it you know took them in strange new directions and we had we had a long conversation about whether that was a permissible permissible use and you know and i i said you know i mean if as long as you're not you know you're only copyright infringing yourself i mean there's a larger question about whether <laughs> these are you know whether these are legally speaking whether these are new works or derivative works of existing works but that that's an interesting use of ai because he's only using his own work as the source material and i thought that was like if 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 there's ever going to be like a permissible case of using AI as like a as like a straight up tool like the way you, we would use Photoshop or a paintbrush, then that's it. Um, but legally speaking, I don't know where we come out on that because there's a lot. You know, I, I'm seeing some legal questions, and the answer to a lot of them are going to be like I don't know because we're still working this out. Black Raven says we must remember that AI are programs unable to do innovation or original work. We can use it to help in our concept, but it'll never have the passion and dedication we artists pour into our pieces. Yeah. I honestly think that the artists that stand to be impacted the most are people whose studio practice is just them. For example, freelance illustration. You need yeah. to pop out some editorial illustration for let's say a publication that's something people can sort of cheat with easily. But if you think about an animation studio, Jordan told me about somebody who AI generated a portfolio, got the animation job, showed up and couldn't do it. I mean, make your own bed and lie in it. I, I have never understood why anybody would do that. I'm sure that's gonna happen with art school. And that happened in one of my classes where I had a student who could not function. And we looked at his art school portfolio and mm -hmm. I was like, this is not the same kid. So people have been cheating forever and ever. I think they'll keep doing it, but I think we have to find workarounds for yeah, how to show our value. Yeah, I think that's true. I think you know there there are there are questions about plagiarism and copyright infringement. I think when you're a student, you know the the implications or the the ramifications of using AI are you know less apocalyptic than when you're a working artist and you're trying to make a living and you have to pay the rent next month but you know i i there's there is i think a, a prevailing theory a prevailing idea in the artistic world that 
by you there are certain tools that give you maybe too much sort of like sort of elevate your work a little too much it gives you a little too much of a push it's like you know essentially the artistic equivalent of taking hgh and steroids right and i think ai sort of falls into that category and I, you know as i mentioned before there are there are interesting use cases for it um i i haven't personally and this is my you know my personal take but i haven't seen i've never once looked at an ai image and thought a human couldn't do that yeah it was just in that particular case, a human didn't do that. But yeah. every AI artwork I've seen, I'm like, you could have get, you could have hired a painter to do that. You could have hired an illustrator. There's there's no re the only reason to hire to use AI is because it's faster and cheaper. And I think what we will see to the extent that I will prognosticate, this is as much as I will prognosticate. I think we will see major and a major allergy to that as these things as more and more companies try to put these uh tools into place to remove artists from producing the work amanda is asking don't ai companies own all the images the generator creates followed up by watercolor artiste who says no i think there's legal precedent that ai generated images cannot be copyrighted but i'm not entirely sure do you know about that greg yeah, so that was that's that's referencing the case that I was I, I, I talked about earlier. There was a case uh, in the DC Circuit. Um, there was this guy who created a machine learning uh, software. It then generated a piece of artwork, and he tried to copyright it. Um, and the copyright office said, "We don't accept copyright. We don't register copyrights." that were not created by people. And he's saying, well, I, you know, I created the machine that created the, 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 the image, therefore I should get to become the owner. And they said, no, went to court. And the judge basically said, no, copyright law protects works created by human beings, not by machines. Um, that's a that's a first step. That's a district court, by the way. That's a, that's a federal district court, which means it's the lowest court. Uh, you know, I don't know if that thing's on appeal and there are certain to be, and if not, there are many more cases like that forthcoming, I'm sure. Um, so we are at the very, 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 very beginning of what is going to be a very, 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 very long legal uh, uh, journey, let's call it, because we, I don't, you know, right now I would say, I think we are likely to see more case outcomes like that, where courts are affirming that initial ruling, which is that, no, there has to be a human piece to the puzzle, and it can't just be essentially like you're a, you're a coder, and you get therefore you get the the fruits of the work of the machine. And the, by the way, machines don't have rights. Machines aren't alive in any meaningful sense, and therefore they're not protected as people the way people are. And so machines can't own um, copyright. Uh, just I don't know if you remember about ten years ago there was the whole monkey selfie thing where they uh this nature photographer uh put a uh, like an automatic camera in the woods and a monkey came and took his own picture and so the nature photographer tried to get a, uh, tried to get a, he got the copyright or something to that effect and then he was sued there was some lawsuit by an animal rights group saying that the monkey should own the copyright um <laughs> of course saying, like no the monkey is not a person and doesn't have you know like artistic rights as a person therefore he doesn't have a copyright and so the courts are you know building this press this this precedent over time um so i think that's where we will eventually net out but 
Um, I, you know, I can't say with any confidence and no one can uh, say with any confidence that AI machines do or do not, or the companies that own the machines do or do not own the copyrights. These are very much live questions. NCM says the main thing I can do, at least by myself, is to support other artists and encourage other people. The saddest thing I can think of is when people stop creating due to outside factors. And there's going to be that reaction where yeah. a lot of us will say, well, why bother? I'm going to work my butt off just for them to hire AI for a second. But I think that goes to something more fundamental, which is that we shouldn't stop. No. And we are still making stuff. We were drawing on caves a long time ago and people have found a reason to keep making traditional artwork, even though digital media is present and very much going to stay. And I just think fundamentally, we all have to say, it doesn't matter what else is happening in the world. I can still make work and whether it gets seen or gets in some museum retrospective, whatever. But I think in an ideal situation, we can say to ourselves, yeah, what I do does matter, even if only three people see it. I, you know, I, I think that's all that's, you know, that's right. And, you know, what is something I said earlier, which is that this is going to play out very messily over the next however long it's going to take. And some people will be directly impacted and will lose work and may have to find another way to, you know, pay the bills and uh, some people will not you know some there are some creative industries that are just going to be for whatever reason immune to the developments in ai and others that are going to be heavily impacted and even within those industries there are going to be some people who are some types of people who are more heavily impacted than others you know i i you know however many you know newspapers magazines websites hire start using ai to draft articles there will always be you know, human copy editors, because these articles are yeah. always getting things wrong and there's going to be need to be people to fact check them. And there are some things that you just can't automate. You can't outsource. You can't, you know, dehumanize. I will say the one thing that really pisses me off about the push, the, the tech industry push towards AI, everything is this is this choice, this like extremely anti-humanist choice to take all of the humanity out of humanity yeah. and and turn us into just widget makers. I saw I saw a really great tweet. I, mean, I don't know if I'm calling the tweets anymore, but it was before Twitter went to hell. But it was basically <laughs> like how like, you know, 100 years ago, we thought robots we the robots would do the, all the drudgery and we would the humans would then be able to focus on like art and poetry and writing and instead it's the other way around uh, the robots are doing all the all the writing and art and poetry and we're all we're all doing the drudgery work so um i so that's that's been my you know one of my major moral objections is like you're trying to remove all of the creativity from humanity and i don't think it's going to work personally um, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think there is going to be, there already is been, has been a major pushback and there will be, will continue to be more. <clears throat> Grell Deck says, does this open up accessibility rights issues though? Someone physically unable to paint now with AI has the ability to prompt the art they want to create, but can't. Yeah. I think that's a bit of a red herring argument. Like I sort of see what you're saying, but like you can already do that. There are plenty of, you know, tools, Photoshop, you know, 
you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, the tools more than I do, but there are already tools that allow you to do that. I, it, what all AI allows you to do is do it quicker and without real, um, real uh, effort. And I, you know, effort is a major part of being a creative person. And I think um, what makes a great artist or a great writer is the, for lack of a better word, the torture they go through to get to get to the point where they can make what they can make. Um, and, you know, this, by the way, this goes for legal work, too, or, or any 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 person who is an, an experienced professional. You're not necessarily just paying them for the amount of time they spend doing the work. You're paying them for the amount of time it took them to learn how to do that work. Um, yeah. And for artists, you're paying them as much for the years they spent toiling and figuring it out and working as hard as they could to become a talented artist. So, um, I, you know, I understand there are either absolutely accessibility issues and everybody has different, different uh, concerns or, and there, I, I'm not going to say there is no way for AI, for AI tools to be used in a way that can be useful for the artist and beneficial for the work, but it, no, no one can tell me that there aren't already tools that can do that today that don't rely, don't rely on scraping the internet and uh, for and, and taking that taking the pre-existing work and turning it into something new. Taji says, I would never stop making art. I could just stop making money at it, but I would never give up on my creativity and craft. I have no doubt that it probably already is getting people to wrestle with that idea mm -hmm. of, do I get the day job? so I can free myself from needing to get paid for my art. And maybe that is something that some people are gonna do because I know in art school, they really push this idea, you're a failure if you don't make all your money from your art. And I was like, you know, some of the people I know who are very successful artists, it's because they have a day job that they've yeah. been able to establish a presence. And so I wonder if it's gonna reorganize the economics of being an artist. I, I do think, especially for some people, that is going to be the case. But I think that's always that's always been the case. And I think that um, the way I've always looked at it, I, you know, I used to be an artist and I still do art to some extent. But um, I, I think for people who do it as a major piece of their life, their lives, um, art is who you are, but it not, doesn't necessarily it isn't necessarily what you do. Um, you do what you do to make money. And you know, the rent is always due on the first of the month and you have to pay, you know, to buy groceries and you have to pay for your kids to go to daycare and and their after school activities. Uh, the bills don't stop. And I, I don't know what what personal circles you travel in, but no one of substance would judge you for needing to take a day job to pay the bills. Watercolor Artiste says AI companies like Stability AI allegedly use the quote research loophole for scraping artwork. Organizations they funded then bought the quote research. It's detailed by Steven Zapata really well. Well, that's what sort of concerns me about AI with these companies. It's a money thing for them. And so it's almost like because it's money driven, all your morals just go out the window because it just pays more to not be true <laughs> to well, this, people's best interest. Boy, this is, this is, I mean, this is like a real problem in our society. I don't know. Do we, how much time do we have left? I don't know if we can get into the, to the, the major moral failings of late stage capitalism here. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a money it's a money thing. And what concerns me the most is 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 it's it's much much easier and cheaper to buy a license for Dolly or Midjourney and have that generate something. And I, that's why I think we're going then then to hire an artist, I should say. And because with an artist, you have to talk to a person. And I think. Mm -hmm. A lot of the companies behind the, this development are, are these developments are trying to um, take the humanity out of hum humanity. I, I don't know how else to put it. It just feels like they're trying to sort of like program away a fundamental piece of the human experience. And I, I, I'm not I don't support that as like a, as a fundamental proposition. But it, but it also concerns me because people are genuinely going to lose their livelihoods because of this. And as I said, you know, it's easier for a publishing company to pay for a Dali license and use that to generate book covers than to hire illustrators, because to hire illustrators, you'd have to hire them and pay them. And talk it's going to be a lot more to pay them. Yeah, you have to talk to them, you have to work with them. And, you know, as every artist who's watching this knows, it's not just here's some money, give me your work. It's a process. And usually, and oftentimes that process can be difficult. But it's difficult for them too. They don't want to be dealing with you any more than you want to be dealing with them. And you know, from their perspective, they're saying, "Well, if I don't have to deal with these stupid artists who are charging me an arm and a leg, and I have to listen to them tell me why my ideas are bad, I can just pay a piece of software to do it for me, and I'll get I'll get the the artwork in forty five seconds, and." I, and if I don't like it, I'll tell it to do it again and it'll give me a different thing. And I'll keep doing that until I get what I like. And then I'll slap that on the cover. And now I don't have to pay anybody. Holly says, uh, do you think people will value originals more? I can see artists working harder with traditional media if more people want a more direct connection with the arts. That's an interesting comment. I actually, it, it, you know, I've, I've taken up uh, an interest myself in digital and not in digital in film photography and in particular instant film photography because there is a connection with the camera and the print that you don't get with digital photo photography and I, I don't claim to be any real you know any great talent but i i enjoy it a lot more and i i have noticed at least sort of anecdotally that there's an interest in sort of physical like like a like an the analog quality of art making um and 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 by the way, when I say analog, I don't necessarily mean, you know, not you know. I know plenty of artists who work digitally, but they're still drawing with a pen. It just happens to be yeah. an Apple pencil on an iPad rather than a pencil on a piece of paper. But it's still the same process. Um, and so, do I think people will value originals more? I mean, it, there's there's definitely evidence to support that. You know, people are more interested in older ways less non-digital ways of doing things there's a reason record record sales are skyrocketing there's yeah. you know there's and a reason people, yeah people are going back to flip phones dumb phones and 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 the, and the like so i you know i don't have i'm sure there might be actual studies done on this i don't have those in front of me but uh, i have noticed it and i have noticed it with my clients i've noticed it anecdotally and i've i've noticed it with myself Here's another place where you can all take action to help. Instead of going to Target and buying some poster, get onto Etsy and buy from an artist. Yeah. I mean, every artist I know who has had their artwork purchased knows how special that feels. 
that somebody took the time to find your work, saw it and said, I connect with this. I want this. And it's so meaningful to people. And so often people don't think to do that. I think artists think to do that, but tell your friends who are not artists, say, hey, you know, instead of getting these off Amazon, go see all these cool things that these other artists are making. And so yeah. I do think not only can we push for artists to put themselves out there and to keep going regardless of what's happening, but support each other, buy each other's stuff. I mean, I feel like that's such a simple thing, but a lot of people don't think to do it. Yeah, I think that's 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 great advice, and that's exactly right. And and I, you know, my wife is constantly reminding me to go look on Etsy. I keep forgetting that it ex that it exists as a resource. And then every time I go, I'm like, oh wait, why do I keep forgetting about this? This is great. Yeah, like Dom says, handmade items like purses and such are valued more than machine made. I completely see art doing the same. Like I don't know why people don't. Because I bought these little rug creatures for my kids from Mia Rocher, who's one of the teaching artists here. And I feel like I love those little rugs as much as my kid does, probably more. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I just yeah. think they're the cutest thing. I mean, you know, you know, there are certain art 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 disciplines that are going to be more or less immune, right, from the advances in that. And so if you're creating physical items purses if you're I, I i met one person who was like a boot maker and i'm like okay like I, there's just no conceivable way that you can you can automate you with ai away the boot making process and so um yeah so you know like, like like i said at the very beginning you know there are some people and some disciplines that are just not going to be all that affected but um but even then i'm sure there are going to be people within those industries that are that so, somehow the AI ends up changing the nature and the structure of that industry. And it's hard to, it's hard to know exactly how that's going to play out. Noel says, the more I play around and learn AI, the more I really appreciate human made art. You can't see the process in AI generation, but you can physically feel the human presence and human works. Also, yeah. what I try to tell artists about social media, show your process, show us the dirty, paint tubes and the, the watercolor tubes that mm -hmm. are dried yeah. out and I had to cut them open and do surgery. I mean, show people what it's like to make something because yeah. so often there's so much emphasis on the finished painting. AI is never going to have a disgusting palette like this no. that's sitting on their table. And so show on social media, hey, look at these things. Look at these tools that I didn't clean very well <laughs> show that process up inform your audience yeah. hey look at what's really involved with making something i i think that's true i i i, I, I you know you asked me at the very beginning if i'm you know what my sort of feeling on this is and i and i that that's the kind of thing where i feel like to the extent that i'm an optimist that's where i that's where i feel very optimistic about it i do feel like the vast majority of people just are not going to accept AI generated artwork because it is missing something fundamental. And it's, it's, you know, sort of the, the visual art equivalent of the uncanny Valley effect where we just have a, an innately negative response to um, something that is clearly not human. And, uh, but it's trying, but it's trying to sort of pass itself off as human. Um, and, you know, and I, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again, I've never seen a piece of AI generated work that couldn't be done by a person. 
and um you know i i am I'm, I'm hopeful optimistic i'm cautiously optimistic let me put it that way i'm cautiously optimistic that the law will get there eventually my concern um is that it's not going to get there anytime soon and no. and and that's what that's what so when so when you say like what's your overall take on this like people are going to lose their jobs and they're going to lose their jobs because it's going to take congress 10 years to pass a law and it's going to it's going to take you know a federal agency i don't know who's going to end up regulating ai if there's going to be if it's going to be like the ftc the fcc or the copyright uh, at the cop, uh, the library of congress which runs the copyright uh, office or if they're going to create a whole new whole cloth federal agency to regulate tech, the tech industry but um eventually that's going to happen and there will be regulations but between now and then a lot of artists are going to lose their job to this work and you know there are like i said there's some models for the wga provided a great one but they have the benefit of being huge and hugely famous and sag which is currently negotiating with the amptp is going to get an even better deal because they have the benefit of having tom cruise and brad pitt and <laughs> brian cranston and julie louis dreyfus and you know fran drescher being the faces of that 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 union and i'm not saying that like i don't i don't say that to diminish what they will eventually get out of the producers guild the producers uh not the producers guild, but the producers who are fighting them. But it, you know, it also makes it harder for the rest of us because, you know, the visual artists don't have a union they can go to, and and um, and if there is a union, it's not a very powerful one. So no, you know, so <laughs> I think I'd be skeptical if there was an artist union. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, there are there are definitely some lessons to be learned, and one of them is that you know advocacy. Uh, is 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 needed and useful um and but it can also provide some uh, some sort of guidelines about what you can ask for and maybe potentially get everybody you should all be following greg on instagram because there is so much good information here and Greg has saved my life. Remember that whole Moulin Rouge fiasco? I, I would be absolutely destroyed if Greg wasn't here. So you guys are definitely going to want to follow him and also check out his website. He has a lot of great information there. You guys have a legal problem, go talk to Greg. Because I was like having a meltdown. And after I talked to Greg, I was like, oh, I can breathe again. So he's <laughs> fantastic. I think you already know that from the stream. But look at all his stuff because he's just awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Remember, Thanks. everybody, today, last day, 20% off sale on portfolio critiques from me. And we did make an announcement for November workshops. This is due Friday, October 27th. We have a lot of really fun workshops, including ones that we've never run before. So I hope you will check that out. Please join me in the Discord. I will be in the post live streams channel to chat more about AI. Join our Patreon group. This is such a fun community. You can share your art with the staff in weekly voice sessions. I write very long nerdy critiques and provide support as well in the Patreon group. But most of all, you find support in a small group of artists. It's incredible to me the way people are invested in each other's progress. It's a really, really fun group. Thank you so much to our top Patreon supporters who make 
all the difference in terms of keeping the lights on here at ArtProf. Visit ArtProf.org. There's lots of content on there that's not on YouTube. Use the search bar. ArtProf has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And Pook, the troublemaker in my house, wants you to subscribe for more art tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.